Amen. Let us turn our attention to the book of Romans chapter 11. And I will be reading verses 1 through 2a and conclude at 29 and 32. When you see it or have found it, please stand. I ask then, has God rejected his people? By no means. I myself am an Israelite, a descendant of Abraham, a member of the tribe of Benjamin. God has not rejected his people whom he foreknew. For the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. Just as you were once disobedient to God, but have not received, but have now received mercy because of their disobedience, so they have now been disobedient in order that by the mercy shown to you, they too may now receive mercy. For God has imprisoned all in disobedience so that he may be merciful to all. This is the word of God for the people of God. You may be seated in the presence of God. I'd like to share from the thought and the idea in conclusion. In conclusion, let us pray. Now, O oh God, not my will, but your will be done. Not my sermon, but you preaching to and through me. So, God, may the words of my mouth, but the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in thy sight. God, you are our strength and our holy redeemer. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. In conclusion. I would think it's a safe call to think that most of you here this morning uh, probably have in your home a DVR or something similar. And this is the uh, recording device that is hooked to your television so that you can record your great, your favorite shows in your absence. If you have something like that, you will also know that, note that Every now and again, you have to clean it out because it has a limitation of how much it can actually hold. Uh, in, 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 so I use my DVR quite, uh, quite frequently, uh, and it's loaded down on Thursday nights at 8 p.m. as I watch Sheldon and the Big Bang Theory. Uh, I used to, have, used to record Columbo, but now they bought me the series. But I uh, noticed that when I clean it out, that the bulk of that DVR is loaded with a recording that comes on Monday through Friday between 12.30 and 3 on CBS. On there, you will find, uh, for entertainment purposes only, uh, The Young and the Restless, The Bold and the Beautiful, and The Talk. These are the recordings that my wife has set for her weekend leisure and pleasures when she has nothing else to do. And I cannot put her out there by herself because you all know that I am a young and restless sort of fan. But the one show I stopped looking at is The Bold and the Beautiful. I just could not understand how long that tennis match could go and that triangle would work. I mean, I, it was always in, uh, Taylor versus Brooke over Ridge. Uh, and, I, and, I, and I just could not, I got sick and tired of seeing that, that, that ball bounce back and forth between Taylor and Brooke. 
And the interesting thing about it is that if you were watching the show, whenever you saw Ridge with Taylor to catch up on the series, all you had to ask was what did Brooke do and vice versa. If you saw Ridge with Brooke and you hadn't seen it in a while, just ask the question, what did Taylor do? Because most of the time, if not all of the time, whenever one did something to the other, Ridge would always bounce to the one that was nice. And when I read this particular text, I realize that they tried to humanize God, that they, they're wondering what did Israel do that God would want to leave. I, I, I know that this is, this is not, a, this is real. We used to sing in the gospel group, and uh, they used to have this circuit where these men would, men would gather and they would sing, it'd be different families, but always the same group. There was one guy who sang in every group. But the reason why he could sing in every group, not because of his voice, but he had good equipment. He had the best PA system and the best microphones. And whenever he came to join the group, he would upgrade your sound system. And it never failed that as soon as you made him mad, he would pack up his little voice and his great sound system and leave. And when you go to the next, when you go to the next concert, there he was with the next group. Because it's human nature that when somebody hurts your feelings or when something isn't going right, you suddenly want to divorce and change partners. It is the very uh, uh, thin fabric that we run in and run on as pastors. That as pastors, that we realize that every now and again, once we take a stance uh, on, uh, and stand up for what we believe in, that there are people, not about right or wrong, but because they didn't like the position that you have taken or the stance that you planted your feet on, they will pack their little bags up, find another church as if you have done something because they don't like what you said or what you did. This is why I don't like to deal with volunteers. Volunteers always pack their bags when they get mad. But when you got people who are under a call, a call is like a paycheck. No matter how mad you get at the leader, you can't afford to leave because the Lord has a call on your life. Yet when we read this particular text, it seems like Paul has come to a place through the flows of chapter 9 and 10 where he talks about all the things of Israel. And finally, he asks the outside question because in Rome, Paul is now become the preacher for the Gentiles. And he heard the Gentiles raise the question question from the chapters 9 and 10, I asked then, has God rejected Israel? What has Israel done that God is now courting Gentiles? It's just, it was just hard for them to fathom that God would just love somebody outside of his own people just because that's who he is. They, they had to believe, and the only way they could understand God's love for a Gentile, for you and I, that means God's chosen must have done something wrong. And, and Paul says, by no means has God courted you because of what 
Israel has done, even though that is in your human nature, that is not God nature. When somebody hurts you or, or bothers you, that you have a tendency to want to file divorce. God does not work like that. God's love does that. No, by no means has Israel done something so bad that God has got so disturbed that he has rejected them and now he's looking for another lover that he can love because the one he has ain't acting right. He said, Paul said, no, that can't be the case because remember, I'm one of them and if I'm one of them, if he left Israel, he has left me too. But don't get it mixed up. He says, oh, they've done something that God should file divorce. That God has, has legal means to tell Israel, I had enough of you. He said, he said, he said, God, he said, they have behaved in such a way that God, that if you were God, you would have left them. That the way Israel had behaved towards God, they, they, they looked at God's grace and God's goodness and God's blessing and God's mercy. Not as something that God had freely given, but they behaved as if God owed it to them. That, that God, you better bless me. They, they, they treated God like my first government job, where, where, where the only time I got paid was when I worked. But if I didn't show up for work, if I was absent, if I was late, I didn't get punished because they didn't owe me nothing. Oh, but when I came in and I put in the hours, you owed me for the time that I work. And, there, and, and that's how Israel was treating God. You owe me for the things that I've done. Paul says, what do you mean that God owes you? But, but, but Reverend Swindle said, these are the people who, 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 when you come to find out who work God in debt rather than love God from heart, these are the ones that can fool you. He said, I've discovered that, that there's a name for people who want to indebt God for their services. He called them immoral Christians, that, that these are the folk that when they come to church, they, they, they expect God to act on their behalf. These are the folk that when they send up a praise, they expect God to send down a blessing. These are the folk that rob God all year long, but when I give my tithe, you better bust the window wide open. These are the folk that haven't prayed for months, but now they're in trouble. When I start praying, God, I expect you to move in Jesus' name. These are the folk who come to church once every blue moon and expect the rest of their week to be blessed until they come back again. These are the folk that says, God, you owe me because I showed up, I paid my tithes, I prayed. It doesn't matter when or how often I did it. I did it when I needed, when I wanted. And because I did it, you owe me. These are the folk that you say, you only call me when you need me. Don't you divorce people when, when you find that they're using you and they only seem to find your number in their Rolodex when they want something? I'm going somewhere. Paul, Paul, Paul says, oh, they ain't, it's not that they, they haven't done something to, to, for God to file for divorce. The way they behave, you would have left them if you were God. He said, but not only, it's not what they did, but they even said some things that would make God leave them. 
Reverend Phillips, author, preacher, said that God had made some precious promises of some of the patriarchs of the Bible. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Moses, and, and David, and Solomon. The promises that God had made were, was embroidered in the Messiah of Jesus the Christ. And, and they, 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 made these, they made these promises, and the promises were all wrapped up in Jesus. You know Jesus. Jesus was born, uh, was born a Mary. He was, he was born a, 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 Israel, a Jew. He was raised in a Hebrew uh, home. He uh, lived and labored in the promised land. You, you know who Jesus is. He was educated in, in Jewish schools. And, and Jesus was the one who healed the sick and opened the blind and walked on water. But when you read the Bible, the Bible says when Jesus came to his own, they rejected him. That we always talk about the part where Jesus said, who do men say I am? As he comes down to the tail end of his ministry, we give kudos to Peter and the Holy Spirit was saying that thou art the Christ. But don't miss what the other people said about Jesus. They said that he was, he was a prophet, that he may have been Elisha in return. He was John the Baptist. Notice what they said. They called him everything but what he is. And this is what the, this is what the, this is what the, the, the gospel writer is saying. He said, they, what they did, they called me everything but Jesus. In other words, they rejected the gospel. They did not believe that Jesus was real, and they did not believe that he was the son of God. And the reason why they didn't believe it, because their lives hadn't changed enough. They said, when they looked around at the world, the Jews said, I'm still a second-class citizen. The Jews said, I haven't moved up in the political arena. The Jews said, I'm still on the back row when I thought when you come, I would get on the front row. Come on in here. There are people today that say, I don't believe that Jesus exists. Because when we look around us and we see what happens in Virginia and we see the hatred of our world, we wonder, if God is real, how can this be? There are people who still doubt the existence existence of Jesus because of the violence that surrounds us on a daily basis because of the innocent children that died in Clinton. We're trying to figure out if Jesus is real how can these things be? How can they happen? And so we reject the gospel of Jesus Christ. Some of it doesn't have to be outside. It can be on the inside. You mad and you say if there's a God, why is my marriage in shambles? Why is my house on foreclosure? Why am I standing in the unemployment line? We can always find reasons to reject Jesus, but I tell you what I've learned to do. I've learned to turn, the, turn the, the switch and flip the script. I've learned how to say, even in midst of the violence, in the midst of the loss, in the midst of the struggle, if it had not been for a God that's alive, how in the world am I still standing and I still got hope for tomorrow? But these people have rejected Jesus because Jesus wasn't the genie. They wanted to rub on his belly and make him move, but Jesus has a plan and and they said, I don't believe he is who he is. He should have left then, but he didn't. I, I'm preaching better than y'all acting. Because the truth of the matter is, is that they said they denied his deity. They said, you are not who you're supposed to be because our lives haven't changed. And they, they, they just walked away. They, they, you know, they stood in the courts and said, crucify him. They spit on him. They denied him. 
And, 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 and when somebody doesn't want to acknowledge who you are, you might file divorce too. And so I asked my daughter, Alex, I said, well, Alex, there's another way you can mess up with God if you, in your behavior and in your, in your words. She said, but the way you think. She said, you can think bad and mess up. Ain't got to move, just think it. And so I went back and I read the text and I said, by God, that girl must have read it. Because it's there. If you read the whole chapter, they talk about a tree. Now watch what they say. They said, there's a tree and at the root of the tree, the root is holy. And anything that sprouts out of the root, because it comes out of that root, that, that branch and things that come out have to be holy. Because the holiness is in the root. So what, when you read the text, he says, the root of the tree, Jesus Christ, is holy. Anything or any branch that comes off of that tree has to be holy because it's getting its nutrients from the root that is holy. Then they look at the Gentiles, and the Gentiles, they said that you are like a wild olive tree, that you have connected to the tree whose roots are holy. And therefore, because you have infused yourself into a tree that is holy, then that means that you are just as holy as the branches that are coming out of the tree. But then what happens is that some of the branches that came with the tree and coming out of the tree that comes from the roots that are holy begin to break off. They begin to fall away. And they fell away because they decided to disconnect from God. What happened was the branches fell away because they felt like they didn't need the root, they didn't need the root as much as the root must need them. And so they fell away. They thought that God needed them more than they needed God. Are y'all with me? Well, the Gentiles had gotten to a point that it now the Gentiles realized that the root is, co is now courting them. And they were beginning to think that now I have an upper hand on the branches. And they begin to think that God needs me more than he needs the branches. And in the midst of that, Paul says to the Gentiles, don't do like the branches of Israel and think too high-minded. In other words, don't walk around and think because you're in the church that God, you're doing God a favor. Don't get so high-minded to think because you got a few prayers through that somehow you're better than the person who's trying to learn how to pray. He says, don't start thinking that God can't make it without you because when you start thinking like that, you'll start breaking off. Don't get so high-minded that you think you don't need God in your life. Even when the sun is shining and the grass is growing and life is lovely and bills are paid, those are happening because of God. But always think that because those things are happening that God needs you more than you need God and that is what happened to Israel Israel starts thinking God you better be glad I showed up this morning hey so Paul says Paul says Paul says he had reason to leave them he said he should have left them the way they behaved. He could have left them the way they rejected him in words. And they should have left, he could have left them because they thought they were God and he was their servant. God had every reason 
to file for divorce. But in conclusion, don't y'all miss this. In conclusion, of how one behaves, what one says, and what one thinks, in conclusion, God says in their disobedience, I have made up my mind I was going to give them mercy anyhow. If y'all, don't, don't y'all miss it. He, what, what, what Paul is saying, he says, no matter how nasty, hateful they are towards me, God, no matter how much they rob me, lie on me, cheat on me, ditch me, diss me, throw me out to the dogs, in conclusion, I have decided I'm going to give them mercy. Let me get it done because y'all sleepy. I'm going to let y'all go on and eat your chicken, but let me give you this piece to put on the meat. It says, yesterday I did a wedding, and I done did these wedding vows for, for 25 years. I've, I've had them stand and, and say the same vow. And, you know, you can, it's like a scripture. You can read the scripture over and over again and think you got it, and all of a sudden you see something. Bam! You ain't see the first time. Hear a song over and over again. And all of a sudden, you hear it a different way, and bam, it starts to make sense. Well, the wedding vow made sense to me yesterday. You, you, ever, you, ever, you ever really think what, what the vow says? I believe you, too. I really do. And, and I, I'm going to leave it at that. But I was checking it out. Listen to what it says. It says, in plenty and in want. Now, now watch this. When you got the money and when you broke, it says on one leg, I mean in sickness, she want to play <laughs> in sickness and in health. That means when you got energy and can run all day, and when you're so sick you cannot move, enjoy. That means when you're glad to come home. And sorrow when you think you need another home. <laughs> I, I, and it says, this is my solemn vow until somebody dies. Since y'all sleeping, I'm going to do it again. When you're rich, we all right. And when you're poor, we as as much all right as we were when you're rich. When you're, when you're healthy, we all right. And when you're sick, I'm going to love you just as much as if you're healthy. Enjoy when everything comes up roses and when sorrow, when nothing grows. This is my solemn vow until one of us dies. That's how I like to say it. Get it right to the point. That death do No, till one of us dies. This is what he's saying. 
I don't care what condition you end up, no matter what, I vow that I'm going to love you in good times and bad. Y'all ain't got it. And that's what the Lord says. I have made a vow that no matter how bad you treat me, no matter what you think about me, I'm going to give you mercy whether you ask for it or not. Y'all don't believe me? Yet while you and I were sinners, he said I gave you mercy even though you didn't ask for it. I can't beat that kind of God. When you don't love me, I'm going to love you anyhow. When you don't treat me right, I'm going to bless you anyhow. When you walk away from me, I'm going to stay with you anyhow. I'm going to, when you when you ain't worth it, I'm going to die for you anyhow. And when you find out one morning that I'm real, you'll know that I got up because mercy is made available available to you no matter what you do. In conclusion, let me put it, I don't care who you don't like, mercy is available to you. Because we got church folk that think because we don't like somebody that God don't like them. He says, no, mercy is for everyone. So what does that have to do with me? You know that thing you did last night? There's a mercy for you. You know that thought you had about two minutes ago? There's some mercy for that. This is what I'm trying to tell you. Paul says it wasn't that he was trying to reject Israel, but God was really showing how far his arms will stretch. That anybody that wants to fall in, he has enough space to love us all. Ah, that's a word. That's a word there. Mercy is always available. whether we like it or not. You can't beat that kind of God. Lord knows because I need mercy every day. Just to tighten y'all up, I went, now, this is not true, but y'all have been through this. I went and bought me a chicken combo from Wendy's with a regular fry and a Sprite. I picked up a sandwich and a chicken sandwich for my daughter because we hadn't eaten. Ladies pulled out my debit card, and the, lady, the man said, reject it. I said, oh, no. I said, I know you lying. I just read the balance and just put money in it. So they looked at me, and this is what I said. You'll be, you better thank God that I like my fries hot. Because if, they, if I could wait for them to cool off, I would challenge you and call the bank. The lady looked at me and she said, you look like you got money. I believe you, I had my suit on. She said, <laughs> but, 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 this is what I'm trying to tell you. 
I'm so glad that God's mercy don't work like my debit card. Because whenever I slide it, <laughs> it ain't never empty. Whenever I go to God, he, he, he'll never say uh, insufficient funds. He says, I always have mercy to deposit in your life. That's good news. Give the Lord a hand praise. Give the Lord a hand praise. <laughs> God is good. Look at all this mercy in this room. He shouldn't have been here today, but he looked beyond our faults, and he saw all our needs. Let us stand to our feet. Let us stand to our feet. Maybe someone today said, you know what? God has been so merciful to me. He has been better to me truly than I've been to myself. I've been sitting in the church uh, on Sunday after Sunday, and, and it seems like God just speaks to my heart and he feeds me. Or maybe I just stepped in the day and the Lord just fed me real good. And I wish there was some way I could really thank him to show my appreciation. And God said, I don't need you to thank me in but one way if I've touched your heart today. I didn't bring you here to be a spectator. Maybe God brought you here to give me your hand. Give your hand to me because he wants you to know he has your heart. And so the invitation is extended today. The invitation is extended to anyone today. The mercy seat is open. Come give me your hand because the Lord has your heart. And don't come, into, don't come in the name of the church, but come in the name of the one who supplies it. His name is Jesus. If there's one today, the doors of the church are open right now. You can come from where you are. And don't worry about how far you got to walk. We can wait. We will wait. We shall wait. If you need to come, this is